Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Kia good morning and welcome into the show. It is breakfast on SENZ with Izzy and Ricardo. Izzy, uh, not in the home studio, but he has jetted down to Queenstown uh, and is getting ready for the New Zealand Open, which tees off on Thursday, and uh, I'd imagine, is he? You've got a, uh, a what time is your tea time today? You got a, you got a, a round lined up? Yeah, got a round after this at ten twenty. Going to play around with um, Fitzy, Sean Fitzpatrick, Sam Botham, and Ella Gunson, former Black Sticks player. She's represented the females alongside Ash Barty. Um, yeah, so. Got around, we're just going to shoot some promotions, uh, potentially for the TAB and and some things like that. So yeah, got around today. I've come here with high hopes and low expectations. I've played very little golf. Mm. Um, I haven't got my clubs. I'm using my mate's clubs. And I've got Daisy's putter. Um, so if that, that can say a lot of things about <laughs> the preparation. But hey, I went and had a practice yesterday and I wasn't hitting it too bad. Why have you not got your clubs? Um, so I, I left my clubs in Auckland for all, well, last year. I was up there quite a lot, so based ah. myself out of Auckland. And so they were there, and I started using my mate's clubs. And I was like, oh, man, these are nice. So I was sitting <laughs> them really good. And then I tried to use my clubs last Monday. I went out and had a little practice for like four holes, and I was shanking everything. Shanking it like full grubbers along the ground off the irons and I was like okay I can't hit these anymore so I asked my mate if I could borrow his clubs so I've got his clubs and um, I'm down here and it's a beautiful beautiful um, place Millbrook is looking so pristine in such good condition and uh, you know the vibe's starting to build everything's starting to build nicely if if you've been lucky enough and you were able to come down to to Millbrook in Queenstown and watch the New Zealand Golf Open. Um, it is a hell of experience. It's free entry too, so you can come in and enjoy it. And, and hole 18 at Millbrook is when you drive through um, the main entrance and you head, look straight ahead, there's a par 3 finishing um, 18 where they've built a grandstand around the green. But like over at the Waste Management, probably not the same kind of crowd as the Wasted Management, but um, yeah, there's a little bit of a, um, a stadium feel to the, to the finishing hole. And uh, yeah, so got here yesterday. Um, caught up with John Hart. He's obviously the the manager MD of of the whole s- uh, setup here. Had a good catch up with him. And then I was sitting outside, and I was thinking out my room. And I'm on hole number fifteen on, on the Remarkables course. And I was sitting there, and I see this bloke just walking across from next to me. And I was like, oh, Who's that? Oh, it's Ricky Ponting. Oh, punter. It's old punter. 
And I just made a little noise. He looked back. He's oh, hey, come, mate. I said, oh, bloody good. And then I was sitting in bed last night. I was like, there's a test match coming up this week. And we're taking on Australia. He doesn't know it yet. But I'm going to go and chat to him today and say, can you come and put these cans on with me at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning? Right. And we'll try and get old punter on. So, yep, it's, uh, it's bloody good, mate. My favourite week of the year. Yeah, mate, superb, superb. It sounds like you're, you're, you're like a kid at Christmas already. <laughs> I'm already in my golf gear, mate. I know, I can see, I can see. It's just, it's like, yeah. Did you sleep in it by any chance? Uh, I was thinking about it. I was absolutely thinking about I might sleep and I might have my glove on my hand and just trying to, you know, oh, man. This, they can go, I don't know, everyone loves golf. And then they emailed me last night and there's a, a launch tonight where you go and meet your pros. I already know my pros because I played with them last year. Um, and they said last night they're going to do a little competition in front of about 300 people where we hit this ball and you're in pairs. So I'm with Fitzy apparently. And you're in pairs, and one hits the, the par three, and then the other one puts it. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't, I'm so nervous. So I couldn't really sleep for a while, thinking I'm going to have to hit a, hit a shot in a couple of... What, what do you want to do? Do you, do you want to drive it, or do you want to putt it? <laughs> I'll be thinking about that. I I don't know. I, I think I'd go better... I can't putt, man. I can't putt, eh? So I'll probably go better with the iron. Give yeah. me a chance, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah sweet. Yeah. Or, or is it like Ambrose where you both get to drive and you just take the best one? Nah, nah. <laughs> one, one sh- uh, shoots uh, from the wedge, hits the wedge, and then the other one's waiting on the green to hit yeah. the putt. Okay. Hopefully it's, a, it's on the green because there's a lot of water surrounding that green. And he could be swimming. Yeah. Oh, Fitzy. Oh, Fitzy. Get his togs on. Yeah, mate. That's what you should do. You should see if the if the clubhouse had got a, a snorkel and a and a mask, <laughs> and you could just you, you just before you hit, you go and go and hit your tee shot. Just give them those. Go here, mate. Just go. Just go get ready. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. It's uh, it's a it's a special week, and there's a lot of quality Kiwi golfers that are. Uh, it's actually on the putting green yesterday. And uh, I was just having a wee practice, and Kazuma Kabori comes over. Kazuma Kabori has been absolutely okay. flying in Australia, and I was like, "Mate, can I have a loan?" And he started laughing, having a little giggle. Uh, and he, yeah, pulled out his putter because he's probably the best putter on the Webex series over in Australia. He pulled out his little Scotty Cameron, and he, you know, he's just warming up, and he hit this first putt from about I don't know thirty feet. Bang, straight in the middle. And I was like, and he wasn't even like focusing. He was like talking at the same time and he just hits his part and drains it. And I was like, wow, uh, yeah. when you're okay. on, you're on, aren't you? Yeah, 100% <laughs> when you're on, you're on. Now, coming up on the show today, Rob Nickel from the Players Association. More on these mouth guards that apparently are not going anywhere, is he? Mm. So, going to be good to talk to Rob about that. Uh, Ricky Swinnell. Uh, used to work uh, here, but now she's too busy uh, for us. So she was on the commentary team for uh, the Sevens World Series. A couple of finals for New Zealand yesterday. We'll get her take on where the two New Zealand teams are at. And Bruce Sharrick's going to join us for Love Racing as well. I've got a Who Am I? Speaking of golf, $100 Adidas golf voucher Ooh. up for grabs. The new Tour 360 24 from Adidas Golf is available now at adidas.co.nz. Clue number one. I'm a former All Black, and I finished my career at Leicester. Got I'm it. a former All Black, and I finished my career at Leicester. If you know who that is, double eight double three, the temper bedpost text machine. Uh, get yourself in that draw. All right, let's crack into it. Round one, five. It's triple threat. The three big questions of the day. Yesterday was the League Cup final: Liverpool versus Chelsea. Liverpool had 11 first-team players unavailable. 
They finished the match, with, they had a whole bunch of kids on the bench, is he? They finished the match with five players under the age of 20 on the field. Uh, so, uh, and they won 1-0. Um, Gary Neville, the former England and Manchester United fullback, post-match referred to Chelsea as blue billion-pound bottle jobs. Um, because since Todd Bowley, the American owner, took over uh, in 2022, at the end of 2022, he has spent a billion pounds, not dollars, mm. but a billion pounds on on new players in that team. Their midfield alone, the two guys in holding midfield, over 200 million pounds for the two of those guys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they got beaten by a bunch of kids, basically. Uh, have you ever had that sort of serve? And, and did, how did you or your teams react if you if you did that get that kind of serve in the in the media? Um, can I just ask what a bottle job is? Oh, a bottle job is when you <laughs> bottled it. Like you're you're like you basically <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah yeah. I was thinking it was lolly or something. Oh like, right okay. no, 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 no 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 a bottle job is when you yeah you completely choked. Uh, that is that is outrageous. What what a call from Gary Neville, but he he's not afraid of saying something. Um, oh, look, I've personally had attacks uh, in the media, and you know, from from people out there, you know, a couple of blokes on on our own station have ripped me apart and my whole family apart. So, uh, someone on the station has made my mum and dad cry. Oh, so, really, <laughs> mate? Um, yeah, look, it's all part and parcel of, of sport, and everyone has an opinion, but when it gets personal and, and things like that, it can, can really hurt you. Uh, but look, look, it's, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been ridiculed, criticised, I've been torn apart with a lot of my career, particularly in a stage where I was struggling, and from, from a personal, I took it personally, yeah, and it can, it can overwhelm you too, like, you're not intentionally trying to trying to play like that you're not you know and when the pressure's on you probably try a little bit too hard and um there could be a lot of factors to it like when i was in an environment where i wasn't playing too well well the environment when you think back was there any buy-in was everyone on the same page was there a winning mentality was the environment set up for you to succeed like there's just so many question marks particularly with chelsea yes they've got a whole lot of money same as manchester united they've got a whole lot of money but in the background there's no unity and there's no buy-in. Um, so I guess when you when it's a bit like that, you get a little bit individual. And I think uh, a lot of these players have a really individual mindset about how they're doing. It's not nice, but yeah, it's all part and parcel. I struggled with it, Rick Dog. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I, re- I really did. I suppose the difference here is that he's had a crack at the organisation slash the whole the team as a collective rather than one yeah. player. Yeah, is that. Unify them? Do you think? Would you if you if the coach coach uses that? Do you think? You'd hope so. You'd hope hope it does. And if it doesn't, then I don't know what's gonna um flick the switch for these these players. Like they've they've got a they've got a job and they've they've got a you know um a real responsibility for a historical club that has been around and achieved so much they have been in turmoil Chelsea like when was the last time they they won anything I can't even remember but you think of the days you know when um uh Frank Lampard was the yeah. uh Didier Dogba Drogba um you know like Fernando Torres I mean we watched when I watched them plays like the players where they were tend to they were knocking on the door of winning the EPL, winning the Champions League, but now they're not even anywhere close and they're spending all this money. So look, I think there's underlying factors why this, this club is struggling. I don't know, but um 
you'd better you'd hope so that this club can find a way because it ain't the talent from what I'm seeing and, and the money that they've spent. These are very very untalented individuals, but. Maybe there's just no buying. What's the coach got to do with it? Well, that's the interesting thing because they had Thomas Tuchel, who's a very good German coach in charge, when uh, Bowley took over. And Bowley wanted to buy Ronaldo from Manchester United. Yeah. And Tuchel was like, no, I don't want him. Mm. Don't want him. And uh, and after that, they basically, that, that was the end of Tuchel. He got rid of him. Um, and then he brought in Graham Potter. That didn't work and it mm. cost him a lot of money. Now he's got Pochettino who has a reputation for working really well with young players, and they have bought a lot of young players, Chelsea. Mm. Apparently, I didn't see it, but a mate of mine's a big Chelsea fan. He said Pochettino and Bowley walked past each other after the match yesterday, must have been sort of um, on the sideline or up collecting the medals, didn't even look at each other, let alone shake hands. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... so he uh, might be gone, eh? He might be gone as well. We'll <laughs> have to see. We'll have to see. Keep an eye on that one. All right, let's crack through. Round two. Yesterday, uh, the New Zealand Olympic Committee named the first few athletes for the Paris Olympics, including Julian David and Sarah Tetzlaff, who are speed climbers. Mm. So it's the first time speed climbing has been in the Olympics, as far as I'm aware. Uh, they've got to go up a 15-metre wall as fast as they can, which it's going to be some Spider-Man-type action. could be quite a good watch, actually. So it got me thinking, is how fast do you reckon you could get up a 15-metre wall? <laughs> Mate, I was a hell of a climber. Yeah? Oh, I was a good climber. I used to climb everything at home and up the trees, and my mum would come out and start screaming because I'm about 15 metres in the air with no <laughs> safety harness. Uh, so so I was a good climber. Look, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a, uh, I want to attack right here. Yeah. Should we should we um, put the gumboot throw in, in the Olympics? <laughs> I reckon we should. <laughs> I reckon gumboot throw low. It'll be a guaranteed medal. No disrespect to to this young kid and these these speed climbers that are going to the Olympics. Fifteen meter wall. It's obviously a very um, it's a growing sport. There's a there's a climbing place here in Christchurch where it's it's absolutely thriving. It's hard to get into, so people are are absolutely loving it. But fifteen meter wall, I'd say ten seconds. Ten seconds. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. Well, let's say ten seconds. I did think because you know. Hey, what about you? Oh, mate. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, mate, I hope you've got a chair. You can put your feet up and you've got a cold drink and a good book because it could take a while. Uh, yeah. Probably not 10 seconds. Uh, probably a bit longer than that. Now, I reckon, oh, looking at the walls are going up, I don't know, because they're, they're quite difficult. Like mm. You'd have to chuck me on the beginner wall. I reckon I'd probably get up the beginner wall in maybe 30 seconds to a minute, mm. something like that. But uh, yeah. I've seen clips of it, eh? They yeah. are real quick. They are oh. rapid. They just go boop, 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 boop. They're up yeah. there. Yeah, they're okay. gone. And yeah. Yeah, oh, I don't think 10 seconds. <laughs> I was going to say about, yeah, 30 seconds for me. Like, it wouldn't take me that quick. But you get used to it. And, um, you know, it's a it's a good opportunity for these these young kids. I was reading the article saying, you know, that we've got a junior world champ that's heading over and potentially going to have a crack. And if we get a medal, uh, everyone will start taking notice. I think he was the young athlete at the Halberg Awards this year, too. So, Emerging athletes, so um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this, this sport. Yeah, but I don't know too much about it. I did ask, I remember asking um, Razor last year, I think it was at the beginning of Super Rugby Comp, um, if he was going to take a sabbatical so he could go to the Paris Olympics to compete in the breakdancing. Because, mm. you know, you talk about what the hell is that doing there, breakdancing at the Olympics? Mm. That's one that I scratched in my head, mate. Definitely put the gumboot thrown for that. Yeah, look, there's, there's a lot of sports that I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, they're, they're just trying to fill gaps here. 
Yeah. Um, let's wait and see. But on the Olympics, what about? I know we're going to talk to Ricky Swinell mm. about Anton Dupont and his transition from 15s to the sevens. Been very, very good. I, th- I feel if he's got a bit more time, which he's going to have, man, he's gonna he's going to rip that seven scenes apart. Yeah, first time the French have uh, progressed to a semi final on the seven circuit. Yeah, it was his first. It was his first. So look at the sevens team. And look at the 15s team. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll see it just shows how good that boy is. Round three. Georgia Ball, female pro golfer. I don't know if you've seen this story, Izzy, but she was filming her swing. So she had a camera set up behind her, and she was filming her swing at a driving range. Now, she is a professional golfer. (laughs) And then some dude walking past was like, you're doing that wrong. Unsolicited advice from some hack at the driving range to a pro golfer, totally mansplaining to her. Jeez, if you're that bloke. Or more likely, that bloke's kids, you're embarrassed. Um, but what is the best or worst advice you've had from some random? I don't know, you might have been at the park practicing your goal kicking, doing something, and some dude goes, mate, what are you up to? Oh, my. I'm going back to the golf, because everyone thinks they're a pro. <laughs> everyone. You know, it doesn't matter if you're, you're shooting 90s and you're playing around with this bloke, and he's like... You need to do this. You need to do that. I've had it plenty, okay. And you, you just, you know, you be nice about it. You take it, and you, you listen for little bits and nuggets there. But the reality is, when I watched him swing, I was like, "Wow, wee, you need to tell yourself something, mate." Um, <laughs> so there, there is plenty out there. Everyone thinks they know golf. You know, even the professionals will. It, it is by far the hardest game to master, man. There are so many mechanics and things that need to be perfectly in place, the perfect timing for you to hit that little white ball where you want it to go. Uh, I was at the drum range yesterday, and I was with my pro that I'm playing with in the Open. His name's Benny Walton. He's from Australia. He's a good bloke. Anyway, my driver was struggling. I was struggling. I was yeah, terrible with my driver at the moment. And some days it's good, some days it's bad. But he gave me this great tip. So I didn't know anything, but he, my elbows, when I was on the backswing, used to really go high. And, you know, when when the club's high, that, that, that driver shaft can go anywhere. So he told me a tip to keep my elbow tight to my body and try and rotate around and get some rotation. And he told me this one bit of gold and bang, started just hitting this flush, straight drive. And so the, I guess the thing is that when people know how to play the game, it's just little changes and little bits of gold that you take away but when I watched that clip I was thinking man there is so many golf heroes out there that think they know this game and they should be playing on the PGA well I'll just tell you one thing you're not yeah. you just stick to your game like that's the thing like I'm playing a lot of golf with Jason Ryan at the moment the All Blacks coach and mm-hmm. he's on his journey to try and master a few things and he's always asking for questions asking how to get better you have to play golf that suits your body. Not everyone's mechanics and tech, tech, um, technique or, or technique works to uh, to the same to person. Little bits of golf for Jace. It's um, you know working on his backswing and things like that. So yeah, just work what be, do what works for you. Really, that's all I'll say. But uh, that was funny. I love that clip. There's so <laughs> many out there. Everyone will have a golf story. Send them in. Double eight, double three. Oh yeah, my, my my most embarrassing golf story is it wasn't to do with that. It was I hadn't been playing very long, and I I was probably I don't know maybe eighteen or something, and I was out with my uncle, um, and he's he was a pro club pro and things, and um, we're standing on the tee waiting for the this lot to go through, and I'm standing there, 
And next thing, this ball goes bop, 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 bop by my foot. <laughs> and I'm not, like, just not my brain, obviously, not engaged, not mm. thinking about why it's there or what's going on. But also a little bit of that. You didn't pick it up, did you? Yeah. Oh, you did not, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, I because well, I thought. You, well, I, I, I was you nowhere. You are the n- worst pl- people in the world, you people. <laughs> nowhere near a fairway. Like you know, like, that was how bad the shot must have been. So I just assumed somebody was having a practice shot. So I picked the ball up and threw it back. To them. But you saw it rolling. I yeah. So I thought it was a practice shot. I thought, Rick, like, I was just like, uh, and I was you just like, you are go, a golfer's nightmare. You are a golfer's nightmare. If that ball is not yours, anyone out there, do not touch it. Do not pick it up. Leave it alone. I'll tell you a funny story, okay? I was playing at Clearwater. Mm. At Clearwater, you know, there's there's a bit of welfare and and so on. So I hit this ball, and I shanked it on hole number one, and it went onto one of the tee blocks, and I could see this ball, and this group of golfers walking straight towards me picks it up, puts it in their pocket. And I didn't know what to say, mate. And they look like doctors, surgeons, and, and so on. I'm like, mate, $10 ball, go get your own, mate. Come on. So don't, Rick Dog, if you're out there and you see yeah. a ball, look around, see if there's anyone around first. You know, do your due diligence and see if there's anyone playing golf and then pick it up. But don't pick it up if you see it rolling. Okay. All right. Good to know.